everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems podcast on Rachel's Reviews. I'm really excited to be here to be talking about Netflix again. This is our fifth Netflix episode that we've done uh, for Hidden Gems. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner. And Ryan is here. Hey, Rachel. Uh, just before we go any further, I should say that you're going to need to speak up a little louder because I saw Tenet last night and the right side of my head is still buzzing like just like a bee. So you're going to need to speak up a little louder because they were proud of their music. That's all I will say. <laughs> yeah, if you need if you need subtitles to watch this video after watching uh Tenet, I will not I will understand. Oh, you mean? Yeah. I uh, I have my review of Tenet, uh my written review uh uh that I can put a link to that in the uh, description. Uh, I did a written review for that one, so you have to check that out. Uh, but uh, was this the first time you've been back to the theaters? Uh, third, I saw oh, okay. new, I saw New Mutants by myself, right. and I and I took my mom to see Unhinged. And oh, by the way, okay. just for our podcast audience, both the producer and the director of Unhinged like my tweet saying oh. I took my mom to see Unhinged. And <laughs> for all of you who have seen Unhinged. And know the context of the relationship between the mother and the son. It just that just seemed perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Very good. Well, so what we thought would be fun, uh, we be kind of what we thought would be fun is to start this podcast with uh, our review of a film uh, on Netflix that will have come out on Thursday of this week, uh, and we did this with the one and only Ivan. And it was a lot of fun. So we decided we're going to try to do this. If there's a new film that we want to cover as part of the streaming service that we're talking about that week, then we can do that. Or just something to spotlight as opposed to a hidden gem. Uh, so this week we are talking about uh, Love Guaranteed, which is a new film coming to Netflix, new rom-com. And uh, it basically is a story about uh, two uh, two professionals. Uh, one is a lawyer played by Rachel Lee Cook who gets hired by, uh, by a man played by Damon Wayans Jr. named Nick and he hires her because uh, there's a web uh, app, uh, online dating app that uh, claims that uh, you're guaranteed to find love and he wants to sue them because he doesn't believe it and supposedly you have to have gone on a thousand dates from love guaranteed in order to make that the case so they end up uh with this lawsuit and they end up uh kind of falling in love while they're pursuing this lawsuit it's pretty cute uh at least i certainly thought so ryan what was your overall thoughts about this movie uh, very similar to yours. I walked in, or not walked in, but I sat down and I was like, I don't know what to make of this. But by the end, I was like, okay, that was adorable. <laughs> yes, that's right. And, and I mean that in the nicest way possible because overall, I, I did enjoy this movie. I found out that the director, Mark Steven Johnson, actually wrote one of my favorite comedies. It's called Grumpy Old Men with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau and yeah. Anne Margaret. I learned all my curse words from that movie. I will forever <laughs> hold it in perpetuity, but I digress. Yeah. 
uh, I was texting you and I was saying, wow, this guy, Damon Wayans Jr., I wonder if he's related to the actual Damon Wayans and turns out they're father and son. Yeah, that's and right. I, and, and I remember saying to you, I remember watching his father all the time in major pain. <laughs> that's right. It, yeah. <laughs> it turns out Damon Wayans Jr. has actually been in a few movies that I've seen. He was actually, he was Wasabi in Big Hero 6. And he's oh, one of my yeah. favorite characters in that movie. Yeah. So, so it was like, right. okay, this guy's seasoned. Mm -hmm. But as far as the rest of the movie goes, uh, I thought the premise was a little like, okay, that's like a that's like a guy suing Tinder because it doesn't light things on fire. But in the mm -hmm. context of the movie itself, yeah. it just hit you, didn't? Yeah, it? yeah, very good. Uh, <laughs> but in the context of the movie, it's it is effective. The chemistry between uh, between Damon Jr. and uh, Rachel Lee Cook was the highlight of the movie, and uh, and if I had to have a knock, I would say that it does follow the formula of okay, they're going to like there's a rising action, and then they're going to break up three quarters of the way, and then they get back together. But without going into spoilers, the way they do get back together was legitimately touching, and. Um, there's definitely some cliche characters in there, like the boss of Love Guaranteed is this super hipster, like guru type who's always, yeah. she's essentially Gwyneth Paltrow, but like that's if right. she's running goop. And that's yeah. Heather Graham. And she is pretty, pretty funny, I think, in the role. And uh, that's one of the things I really enjoyed about the film, because I agree with you. I think the chemistry was really on point, uh, but I thought the movie was quite funny. And a lot of times, people forget that part of romantic comedy that'll just be the romantic part and not the comedy part and they forget to make you laugh and I thought this was actually pretty funny I especially enjoyed uh the the, the people at, at her office uh <laughs> Roberto and uh and Denise uh and it was a kind of a revelation to me to see the woman who plays Denise Lisa Derue who I've actually had the I've had the privilege of interviewing her and she's done a lot of Hallmark stuff, a lot, a lot. And, but I've never seen her be this funny. And I thought that her and Robert, Roberto were really funny. Yeah. And, Roberto is one of the sleeper hits of the whole movie. I yeah. was watching it. I'm like, I want to get a coffee with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. should redo my wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were really good. And and I was able to interview director Mark Steven Johnson over Hallmarkies podcast. So I'll put a link down to that in the uh, description. And he was really cool. And uh, I, I like, I asked him whether he uh, enjoyed the experience of doing these smaller films versus doing big blockbusters because he has done Ghost Rider and Daredevil and those kinds of things. And he said, you know, that it's just such a different experience and that, that you have more control over a smaller movie like this as opposed to the larger studio movies. And uh, so I, you got a sense that this was a, a really fun experience for everybody to be involved in. And I, you can feel that in the, uh, in the movie when you watch it, that it was just, it's just like a fun, enjoyable movie. I do, I do un unironically like Ghost Rider. I think that gets crapped on a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are like, it's too over the top. It's about a guy with a flaming skull who is a servant of the devil and rides a motorcycle. Right. Shakespeare? <laughs> like, what did you expect? Orson Welles? Yeah. Akira Kurosawa? Like, come on, people. 
Yeah. And, uh, but you just get a real sense of, of uh, kind of joy just within the picture, I think. And, and I, I think they had really nice chemistry and I think that uh, they give some reason for why he's doing this. It's not just to, to be this petty lawsuit. Like there's, there's some, they, they kind of flesh it out and make it a little bit more believable, but, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad you did as well. I'd probably give it like, like a 6.5 out of 10. I think it basically succeeds in doing what it's trying to do. And that's what you want in a movie. That's all you can ask for. I think I'll be a little generous and give it a full seven out of 10, just because I loved the side characters and they just, they kept me engaged through the whole thing. All right. Well, let's dive into our hidden gems. And uh, what is your first hidden gem on Netflix right now? So my first choice, this is going to be a walking a bit of a gray area, but it, it's pretty well known. But I think just because it exists in a bigger franchise, it has gone under the radar just because the others have towered over it. It's from 1979 and it is the original Mad Max. Uh, this was directed by George Miller. I believe this is one of his first, if not his first outings. And uh, it launched his career. It launched the career of Mel Gibson, along with a bunch of other actors that still act off and on to this day. And <clears throat> even if you've never seen the movie, you pretty much have a good idea of what it's about. It's about a cop named Max Rokitansky, who is in a bitter war with these biker gangs in the outlands of, uh, of Australia after they kill his entire family. Uh, this, this is very much a product of independent cinema. It's very low budget, it's very gritty, and it is very violent. But if you can stomach it, it's got some, it's got some really good stuff in there. Uh, like I said, this launched Mel Gibson's career that it still exists to this day. He's still directing and starring in movies with like S. Craig Zoller and he uh, he almost won an Oscar for Hacksaw Ridge which and like considering that this movie was in 1979 and Hacksaw Ridge was in 2016 like that shows a lot of longevity there and controversies aside I, I do admire a lot of his work but um, like I said this movie is definitely not for everyone. It's ne- definitely not going on your family movie night uh, segment there, Rachel. But um, but if you're willing to uh, if you're willing to strap yourselves in and hold on, then it's yeah. definitely worth checking out. Very cool. I've actually never seen this, so I've seen Fury Road multiple yeah. times. But I don't this, don't I go into this it. one expecting Fury Road because like Fury Road is like this big bonzo or bonzo gonzo extravaganza Uh and mad max is like this little tiny exploitation movie it's like going from something like the texas chainsaw massacre to like avatar Mm, (laughs) it's a weird comparison but it's like mad max is here (laughs) fury road's like right up here but okay i I love both so there it is cool good all right well my first suggestion after hidden gems is called Gahil Gibran's The Prophet. And this is a interesting little film that they had back in 2014. It's technically directed by Roger Allers, who did The Lion King. Um, but what he basically did, this is a packaged film where he brought together 
the different work of these different animators and they each animated a different poem by this uh writer Cahil Gabran who wrote this book of poems called the prophet and they have this thin um uh, device storytelling device of this girl who's uh, got a um uh, a single mom who and there's this prophet that's in town and uh, so there's like this thin thin device that ties all of these shorts together but it's not great i honestly i would just skip all of those parts and just go right to the actual shorts because that's what's actually like good in these uh shorts and you have segments on death on work on good and evil on love on children on eating and drinking on marriage and on freedom and, and you have such anim animator talents as bill plimpton tom moore paul breezy uh i mean they're all wonderful uh but probably probably bill plimpton and tom moore are the most recognizable at least within the animation community as far as their directors uh but uh, they each have a very unique visual style and uh they're beautiful and definitely i think worth checking out i had never heard of this one until you until you send me your list and i was doing my research one of the directors of one of the shorts is called is roger allers who was one of the writers on uh on Aladdin mm -hmm. and he worked on the art for the original Tron, which that's an accomplishment yeah. in and of itself. Yeah, oh, he's the he full director of the movie um, as far as the putting everything together and, and, uh, and yeah, so uh, he, um, he's most well known for the Lion King, but yeah. Well, he's even more talented than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, but this this sounds fascinating. Like I'm I'm a big animated guy. I'm a big animated shorts guy. Grew up watching the Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry and just and all the Pixar shorts, which they're like they're like pizza. Even the subpar ones are still incredible. Yeah. So this it's, is definitely one I have to go out of my way yeah. to see. Especially if you like something like Fantasia, this is definitely in that vein and that in that uh um that feel of a of sort of more like music and art and and uh, poetry and kind of a more of an expression as opposed to like a really narrative based um it's more about the art um so yeah i'd be curious if you get a chance to check it out uh what you think and um which uh of the shorts you like the best yeah the ave maria and fantasia just gets me right oh, here yeah. every Amazing. time yeah agreed so what's your next choice so my next choice is a f is the most recent one on my list. It's from 2017 and it's called Molly's Game. Uh, this was written by Aaron Sorkin and also directed by him. Uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote t for TV shows like The West Wing and A Few Good Men and just a lot of it, and just too many other movies to mention from the late 80s up through the early 2000s. And, uh, and in this movie, it's the true story of a woman named Molly. I believe her last name is Bloom. Uh, she's an Olympic class skier who gets in an accident and never skis again. So picking up the pieces of her life, she gets involved in an illegal poker ring. And she eventually takes over the whole operation and makes millions of dollars, like somewhere in between Jordan Belfort from The Wolf of Wall Street and Bruce Wayne, <laughs> like a lot of money. And, but 
when she she makes a lot of friends, but she also makes a few enemies, including hitmen and possibly the Russian mob. Uh, this is based on a true story. I mean, based on a true story. Uh, I think some parts of this were definitely dramatized, but mm -hmm. I love little little stories like this, like little true stories that you would never hear about otherwise, except if there were if there were a movie made about it. Another pick on my list is similar to this, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, this movie stars Jessica Chastain, and she is. She she gives my favorite performance of hers. Like it was Zero Dark Thirty, but she was um, but she was even better in this one. Uh, Idris Elba is always excellent in whatever he's in. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg is well, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, and my one of my favorite parts of the movie was Kevin Costner. And Kevin Costner has built an entire career on being the stern but still naturally charismatic guy. But then, in this movie, he actually has a legit emotional scene with uh, with Chastain, and it's it's a scene that I still go out of my way to watch off and on to this day. Like it's some of Costner's best work, and he has like maybe three scenes on camera, maybe two if I had to guess. So I mean, and this is a guy who has had a long and tenured career, like for about three decades or so. Uh, my one complaint is that it is a bit long, and because it is an Aaron Sorkin joint, it's a lot of people talking at very fast. So if you're not a Sorkin fan, this is probably not going to convert you. But if you're willing to, but if you're a Sorkin fan, or if you're willing to take a chance, I think you may be surprised. Now, this uh, because it's based on a true story. This film does have some. Uh, some characters that are based on actual celebrities, right? If I remember correctly, yes. Yeah, the there's a Tobey Maguire. I particularly remember uh, that Michael. I think Michael Sarah's character. Michael uh, Sarah plays himself. I thought that he was playing the Tobey Maguire character, but I I I could be totally wrong. He plays himself. I believe so. Quick, oh, even the IM same name and everything. Quick to IMDb, Batman. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Uh, Michael Sarah in this movie is just simply known as Player X. So mm. let's just uh, let's just roll with that. That's yeah. on his. That's on uh, th that's on the IMDb, folks. I know that Tobey Maguire wasn't happy about the his the the movie, but uh, but yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, my next choice is uh, is a little documentary called Bethany Hamilton Unstoppable. And this is about surfer Bethany Hamilton and how she recovered uh, after losing her arm to a shark accident and, um, and how she was able to get back up uh, on surfing again and her faith and other things that brought her to that point. And uh, it's, it's, it's not speaking, I guess, of being objective. This is not trying to like this is not nuanced, I guess, but it's such an inspirational story. And she's such a cool human, Bethany Hamilton, that I just really enjoyed watching it and felt inspired. And uh, so, yeah, you get to see her family and some of the worries that they have with her going back out on, in the water, her, her various emotions. Um, and uh, I, uh, I think if you like these kinds of of biopic documentaries, I think that you'll really enjoy it. Uh, she's just a very cool person. 
Have you seen uh have you seen the movie based on her Soul Surfer mm-hmm. with Anna mm-hmm. Sophia Rob? Yeah. And I and I really liked that. Uh I mean it's 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 got its flaws, but uh but uh but I I really like that, but I think I maybe even prefer this just because she's just so cool. <laughs> I just love Bethany. She's I mean, I first grew to love her when she was on The Amazing Race and she was just the best. Um and uh so then i i saw this and she uh it's it's and i love i love surfing and i love the water and the ocean and (laughs) i'm a big fan of that as well so yeah i uh it's an easy sell for me she was on the amazing race that's awesome i gotta Mm -hmm. go on Prime later and look up her season and see how far she goes. Don't spoil it for I me. I won't. Her and her husband were on Amazing Race and they were really great. Oh, that's she, cool. Yeah, she doesn't let anything stop her. I mean, the name of the movie is very apropos, unstoppable, but it's true even on the Amazing Race, like having one uh, one arm, she just, she did everything that anybody else did and, and uh, she was just really pretty incredible yeah it's uh very on brand yeah that's right <laughs> so what's your next pick so my next pick is from 1997 it's from director paul verhoven and it is called starship troopers uh this was a movie that did not do well at the box office was received very mixed from critics even siskel and Eber couldn't agree on it but over time, it has slowly garnered a big cult following. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I watched it because I tried to watch all of the movies from the year I was born, which was 1997. Starship Troopers was among them. And I absolutely loved it. Uh, the general plot is essentially Earth is being attacked by these bugs. Attacked by these bugs. And so... It, it essentially the plot is, is is opaque because the movie is a metaphor for Verhoeven to go into commentary on military and you know how war is fought and the news media it's just I won't go any further than that what I will say is this there's stuff in 2020 happening right now that was called in 1997 by Paul Verhoeven he was way ahead of his time I won't go any further than that. Just go Ooh. see the movie if you haven't, because it, it, some of the effects have not aged well that I will dock at points for. And, and Neil Patrick Harris, who I normally love, is a bit over the top, but minus that, it's still a really underrated movie from a really underrated director, Paul Verhoeven, who directed RoboCop, which is subtly a very smart movie under the cover of a guy who becomes a robot policeman. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. I've never seen it. I'm not a bug person. And so that's why I've always been like, oh, I don't know. I want to see it. Prepare <laughs> to see a lot of pea soup on Casper. Yeah. Van Dien. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I should probably check it out. That sounds interesting. Uh, well, my next pick, and I feel like we've, done this but i couldn't find any record of it so maybe you have done this one i can't remember but i apologize if we have i certainly have not touched it so that's okay i don't know if we've done it i apologize uh but it's a mr peabody and sherman and i just think this movie is so funny i 
I I was thinking about it actually this last week because I wasn't a big fan of the new Bill and Ted's. And I I think that in many ways, Mr. Peabody and Sherman is kind of a Bill and Ted's uh, movie. Uh, The same kind of, especially like the first movie where you have Bill and Ted zipping through history, collecting all these characters. It's sort of the same thing with Mr. Peabody and Sherman. And I just think the script is so funny. I love it. In fact, my review that I did for Rotoscopers is pretty much just listing a whole bunch of quotes. <laughs> yeah. And don't even get me started on Oedipus. Needless to say, you do not want to be at his house over the holidays. <laughs> And I like, in, in my opinion, they get married way too young in ancient Egypt, or perhaps I'm just an old Giza. <laughs> That's funny. I really, I really like, a, I was talking to the sun god Ra the other day, and he told me he changed his mind. Old flip-flop Ra, we call him here in the underworld. <laughs> so... If that, those kind of quotes, if that makes you chuckle, then this is the movie for you. And you might like it. Like, I like it. I think it is so funny. And I really like the voice cast they got for it. I really like Penny when she says, she says, can it go back to an hour ago? Because I could take it home and pretend to be sick and not come to this lame dinner party. (laughs) Uh, anyway, that's just basically, it's a very simple opinion on this movie. It made me, makes me laugh. I think it's funny. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing my head off and I've never even seen it. <laughs> I guess I have no excuse now. This is from Blue Sky, correct? No, uh, DreamWorks. I um. was going to say DreamWorks and I balked. <laughs> but but <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer and and y- you all have to forgive me for this. And I thought, well, that looks lame. So yeah. I was clearly very dumb back then. So <laughs> with DreamWorks, it just seems like if if I like the movie, it usually doesn't do well at the box office. <laughs> but if You're I don't like the movie, then because I, I I'm not the biggest Shrek person. I'm not. I really don't like any of the Madagascar movies, and uh, I don't know other ones but i really like uh, rise of the guardians i really love prince of egypt i really love this uh, i think it's underrated um but i mean i can see other people not liking it if you don't think it's funny because there's really not a whole lot else i just happen to think it's funny so <laughs> there you yeah, go to, simple. Uh, to me uh the the best shrek movie is shrek 2 and the yeah. rest i'm just generally apathetic towards uh, yeah. To me, top tier DreamWorks is uh, the How to Train Your Dragon movies, yeah. all three Kung Fu Panda movies, and mm-hmm. Prince of Egypt, and uh, yeah. maybe a couple of others that I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, no, I agree with those. I and I do like Puss in Boots just because I I love the character of Puss in Boots. I think that if you're talking about celebrity casting, I think a Tony Banderas as Puss in Boots is one of the the best. Uh, Antonio, as as... Antonio Banderas as a cat. Are you not entertained? Is <laughs> yeah. that not why you are here? <laughs> I think that he is perfect for that character. I can imagine anybody else. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. That character. Um, but anyway, it's pretty simple. Comedy's job is to make you laugh. It may, This movie makes me laugh. And so it does its job. Uh, what do you have next? 
So my penultimate choice is from 2016, and it is called The Founder. This mm-hmm. was directed by John Lee Hancock, and it starred Michael Keaton, uh, the uh, Nick Offerman in one of the few things that I've seen him in. I haven't seen Parks and Rec, though I've been meaning to and uh, John Carroll Lynch and Laura Dern. And it is based on the true story of Ray Kroc, who founded McDonald's. And it's a fascinating story because I always knew, oh, McDonald's, the restaurant, but I had no idea about any of the history. Well, the movie taught me all about it. Uh, Ray Kroc was a struggling door-to-door milkshake salesman and other sales, and he, just on a lark is like, what is this McDonald's restaurant? And he goes and he just sees it's like an oasis in a desert. It's, it's fast food done really well. And it's fast, like in, like fast in the name. And so he approaches the brothers who own it, Dick and Mac. And he says, I want a franchise, but they've been burned before. So he makes them an attractive offer anyway, and they accept. And well, the rest is history. But the movie has a lot of twists and turns, and and Ray Kroc starts off as a fairly sympathetic guy who's just trying to get by to just a general jerk. I don't want to mm-hmm. curse on this because this is a Christian podcast. I'm sure you can understand. <laughs> and yeah. he starts cutting corners, and he starts uh, messing over uh, the the McDonald brothers and you see a man's descent into I don't want to say evil but just like his descent from mild mannered guy to like cutthroat businessman in across an hour and forty five minutes and again this plays into my love from Molly's game of these little stories that you would never know about unless you were looking for them and and McDonald's is everywhere so I had no idea how I never picked up on this before but. I watched the movie and I've watched it several times since then. And I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, I've heard a lot about this movie. I actually haven't seen it, but I was just recently talking to Durbin about it because uh, he did a theological analysis on it. So uh, it's definitely something I've been thinking about watching uh, because because I just did just talked to my friend about it. Uh, so yeah, you can't go wrong with them. Um, uh, with Michael Keaton in the lead role there. So I'll have to check it out. Crosses, flags, and arches. <laughs> That's right. Um, so my next choice is an anime film uh, from this year uh, called A Whisker Away. And this is a, a Netflix original by uh, writer-director Mirai Okada. And she did uh, Makaya When the Promised Flower Blooms last year, which was a really ambitious anime uh, fantasy uh, movie that definitely if if it ever gets to netflix will be in a hidden gem for me i really really enjoyed it and uh, she has a very bold sensibility about her and she's really good with characters and this movie reminded me a lot of cats returns uh from studio ghibli so you should check that out uh, and uh, this is about a girl who has this crush on this boy and she decides in order to kind of be closer to him she she ends up uh turning turning into a cat but the longer that she uh she turns into a cat the more it's harder for her to come back and there's this whole sort of like cat world 
<laughs> and there's the that's kind of led by this uh evil cat i guess um <laughs> and when she is a cat she is so cute uh, the animation is adorable <laughs> and I mean, it, uh, it's, japanese anime makes everything beautiful what are you talking about <laughs> yeah especially cats you know you got Gigi and and Kiki's delivery service you've got a bunch of cat there's a bunch of cat movies and uh, and uh this is so she's so cute this is white cat and uh anyway it's just a cute little adorable love story it's like a little stalkerish when you really think about it but eh, whatever i didn't um and so i have a review of of it up on my um uh up on my blog so you should check it out seems like we're in a bit of a hotbed of anime like right now because we got studio mm -hmm. ghibli still rocking it there's lots of really great directors who are doing uh really interesting things of course you've got uh, makoto shinkai who is doing really wonderful films and you have uh the mamaru hosoda Marahosada, um, Masakai Yulasa, sorry if I say that name wrong, but that is the director of Night is Short, Walk On Girl, and uh, a bunch of other, uh, he did recently Ride Your, Ride Your Wave, I think it's called, um, so he's really interesting, but um, there's also uh, Sanao Katabuchi, uh, who did In This Corner of the World, and he is making really interesting stuff, and so there's a lot of really interesting directors over there and making great animated film, anime films. And it's nice to see that we've also been getting more of a female voices over there uh, in like Mirai Okada. And then like Naoko Yamada, who did a silent voice. Uh, so it's nice to be seeing these female voices also coming uh, through uh in anime getting more of their perspective so it's it's a really great time to be an anime fan you should all check out a whisker away it's really cute it's so just a great you... time to be an animation junkie in particular yeah. it's like right. no matter where you turn whether it's here in the states or like in japan or it, it's like wherever it's like yeah. it's like everything's coming up roses and daffodils for the animation genre it's true i mean and there's just it. It's true. When I think about in the 80s, way back when I was a kid, um, there were times when you wouldn't get more than one or two and sometimes zero animated films for the whole year. And here, you know, we have an, a, 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 what do they say? Um, not in a, a monopoly. Um, you know, you know, here we just have an abundance of, of, of uh, blessings. Um, the it's a happy problem to have when you have too too many almost to watch <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean it's not uncommon to have over 30 animated films uh released in a year which is pretty amazing so yeah there's a lot of, and that's just on the movie side not on television and you know series and other things so it's it's a really cool time to be an animation fan i i totally agree <laughs> yeah the uh, the anime tv show one piece has lasted about 75 years and yeah. it's still going strong <laughs> yeah that's right uh, all right what's your last pick so my last pick 
it's a, it's a movie from Noah Baumbach. It was written and directed by him, and it was called While We're Young. Uh, this stars Ben Stiller, Naomi Watts, Adam Driver, and Amanda and Amanda Seyfried. I can speak words. Uh, <laughs> Ben Stiller and Naomi Watts are a married couple. They're in their 40s. They have a nice marriage, uh, but that's about it. Uh, ben Stiller is a documentarian, and he's still trying to make a, a documentary that says something. But then they come across this younger couple, played by Driver and Seyfried, who are in their 20s. And in another movie, they would be just like, oh, boomer, oh, you know, like slacker or like just all these buzzwords that I hate. But in this movie, they actually become friends and they have very not, they have a very nice time together. Uh, this was a movie that I watched on a complete lark. I was walking through the library and I was like, while we're young, this seems good. And I was like, oh, it has that new guy from Star Wars in it, and he's playing this guy, Kylo Ren. I wonder what's going to happen to him. Turns out he's going to turn out the best of that whole ensemble, but I digress. Uh, this is definitely a Noah Baumbach movie, and similar to Molly's Game and Aaron Sorkin, this is definitely not going to turn you into a Baumbach fan, but if you are willing to take a chance, I think you would be surprised. There's a lot of funny scenes in here. Uh, there's one scene where Amanda Seyfried and Naomi Watts go to this hip-hop dance class, and in another movie, be like, uh-oh, Naomi Watts doesn't know, is lame, wah-wah, but it's actually played for a lot of good laughs, and, and, I, and that's where Noah Baumbach really does come into play here. Uh, definitely underrated and definitely underseen in 2015, for, for, for sure. Cool. Yeah, I've heard of this. I have not seen it. I I think it, it looks really funny. I'll have to check it out because I think people maybe don't realize how funny Adam Driver can be in the the right role. I mean, I love him in Logan Lucky. I love him in uh, <clears throat> in What If. Uh, it's a little. He has a little role with the movie with Daniel Radcliffe. He's really funny in that. Uh, there's there's a bunch of roles where he's been quite funny. He was even funny on Saturday Live. Uh, so I, I think people might not realize that, but, uh, but I'll have to check this out because I, I uh, have liked pretty much everything Noah Baumbach that I've seen and I really like him. So very cool. Well, my last choice is maybe a bit of a stretch as far as, <laughs> as far as hidden gem because it got quite a bit of publicity, but nevertheless, I just wanted to talk about it is the babysitters club. Uh, this is this new series on Netflix this summer. I covered it over on Hallmarkies podcast in detail with YouTuber Austin Burke. We had so much fun talking about it. I also was on his channel or his podcast talking about it. So, and I did a written review. So I've talked about it a lot in my content, uh, but I just loved this show. I thought it was so well written and I was nervous because I did not like Anne with an E at all. And I, so I was like, ooh, I don't know, beloved childhood property. I don't know if I trust Netflix. But uh, this, I just thought, had the tone just perfectly. I thought it was so well cast. I thought it was so well written. And uh, so I think uh, that it, that people might see and be like, oh, that's just for children. But if you just like good writing and good characters, then you'll like the show. Like, it's It's really well done. And uh, I, I don't know. 
So it, there's just, it, and it conquers some topics that are, uh, are sometimes not uh, tackled by this type of show, but it does it in a really, really authentic way. And the whole show is just very authentic too. Uh, if you've ever kind of reminded me a little bit of something like the wonder years or something like that. If you've ever been a kid, I think you'll relate to this show. It's, it's so good. Yeah. I heard about this. I even read some reviews of it and, and they were not exactly neck. They were very negative. So I was like, oh. Oh, I'm not sure about this, but I mean, Rachel, you've got a sterling reputation in my eyes. So anything you recommend is going to be like, okay, if she likes it, then I'm probably going to like it. So I'll, yeah, I'll I mean, to each their own, I guess, but I, I think it had a pretty high Rotten Tomato score. So uh, I could be wrong on that. Let me check. Well, I read all kinds of reviewers from different perspectives and opinions and political sides. So it, I, uh, I can't remember where I read it from specifically, but I guess it may have just, it may have come, it may have been one of those guys who was just trying to be like contrarian for the sake of I mean, being contrarian because they would get clicks. Well, and some people might not have liked it and that's fine, but, uh, and I don't have any problem with that. It has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes as far oh, wow. as <laughs> currently. Um, so it is pretty well, like not that everyone has to like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. Um, but, uh, but it just surprised me uh, that you said that. Uh, and uh, so I think that, that a lot of people are enjoying it. And uh, so, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. You, you have, if you ever give it a shot, you have to let me know what you think. So I think we have some pretty diverse selections as we always do. So this is really fun. And as typical for me, you pick all the lighthearted stuff and I pick all the <laughs> dark and gritty stuff, but I guess that's, that's what makes this, this show work as well, because I nominate all of the, all the dark stuff you nominate the light stuff it's <laughs> like it's like yin and yang peanut yeah. butter and jelly and all that well hey and you've got a i mean two two comedies right starship troopers and that is that a comedy it's borderline uh it's there's there's it, it's more of a satire if you want there to see go. it that way okay good well, very good. Well, let us know if you've seen any of these, what you think and what uh, you would pick right now. What you're, what are you watching on Netflix? And if you check out Love Guaranteed, let us know what you think about that. And uh, Ryan, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. And then, of course, there's my YouTube channel. And I just crossed 110 subscribers today. I feel so rich. <laughs> nice. But I'm, just, I'm just so happy. Like the past five months or so, I just was laser focused on the channel. And it just, it just it's growing like a weed. <laughs> and, I'm so uh, glad. And in terms of content, uh, I wrapped up Nolan Month. I'm going to be reviewing Tenet and... That's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Yeah. And then I'm going to be jumping straight back into the AFI project because I've got like 30 or so movies left to review. And I want to try and get it done by the end of the year. So expect videos for the best years of our lives. Treasure of the Sierra Madre, Dr. Strangelove, Midnight Cowboy, The Sound of Music, King Kong, and just Ooh. the list goes on and on and on from there. So if you want to go ahead and subscribe, it's like 
this is the best time. Yeah, it sounds like some really good stuff coming up. You guys should definitely subscribe. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check all of that out. And also you can find me at the Hallmarkies Podcast. Have a really big week this week. We did, we had a bonus episode on the man from Snowy River that Cammy ingested, which was really fun. And then we also are talking uh oh wait that's next week what is this oh we had our live episode on hitch uh which we recorded on sunday it's airing on aired on wednesday on the podcast uh so a lot of fun stuff going on there we have that interview with mark stephen johnson from love guaranteed let's check that out and so yeah take a look at the homeworks podcast and thanks so much and let us know if you have any streaming services you would like us to cover on hidden gems Uh, And again, what you've been watching on Netflix, we'd love to hear your thoughts. So thanks so much. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everyone. Bye.